With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Explore, listen, and immerse yourself with 1010 Podcasts. The Celtic Exchange, a fresh insight on Celtic Football Club. Welcome to episode 10 of the Celtic Exchange. This is Tino and tonight I'm joined by Miff and Chris. In 2021 alone, Celtic have now played 12 league games. Of those games, we've won just six, we've drawn three and as of last night's shambles at Ross County, have now also lost three. This of course is separate to all the nonsense we were served up in the first half of the season. Tony Mowbray didn't survive that kind of form, Ronnie Dyla certainly wouldn't have survived it and even Brendan Rodgers would have been politely asked to leave if he was producing similar results. So why is Neil Lennon seemingly untouchable in his role as Celtic manager? Is there something the fans aren't being told? Because last week's statement from the chairman told us absolutely nothing we didn't already know. Nothing at Celtic Park adds up anymore. However, as always, we'll do our best to make sense of the nonsense. Welcome, lads. Sure you've both had a stunning weekend after that Sunday night horror show. Miff, how are you feeling about it all just now? Hey, well, done the post-match. <laughs> I was contacted by a few friends just to see if I was alright because I was sounding a wee bit angry. And I don't really feel any different. I think the ongoing support of Lennon and the lack of action for the board is is baffling, to be quite honest with you. And the longer it goes on, I think the more you you just come to the conclusion that we haven't we haven't planned or prepared for this. I don't really think anybody knows what they're doing. Yeah, staff, yeah. staff, board, and I would say that's now trickled down onto the players as we saw for the performance last night. Yeah, and I think we'll go into it in much more depth. I'm sure, but you've mentioned a, a toxicity around the club and around Neil Lennon's you know ongoing uh, you know role uh, within the club. What about yourself, Chris? What do you feel about it? Well, thanks for having us on. It's really good to be here. I wish it was in better circumstances, mind you, but I'm feeling very low. Very, very low today. Same sentiment, I think, is felt across the obviously, support base. I don't know really where we're going. That's that's a problem. Concerning in the past, when you've been through bad runs with particular managers, that's obviously the manager that's sacrificed, but today, it's, it's just clear as day that, again, it's, the, again, it's lack of direction from a board now, because nobody's got an answer. We don't know what the direction is. The club... As you said, there was no communication. Well, the communication last week told us absolutely nothing. Now the concern is, well, we're, well, seasons was gone a long time ago. But again, now we're just going from one catastrophe to another. And it's it's sort of take, eh? sort of take. Communication's a big one for me because, you know, f- football teams will, you know, success will come and go at different times. You realise that trebles aren't going to go on forever. And, that, you know, quadruple trebles phenomenal, but it was going to stop at some point. And, you know, lo and behold, the form took a turn for the worse. But it's just, initially it's the lack of communication from the club. And then it's when they do bring something out under duress, you're just getting fed nonsense. And as I said, said in the intro there, the statement we got last week from the chairman, it was loads and loads of words, but it didn't really say much at all. What's your take on that, Miff? I think it just begs the question, what, what kind of club do we want to be? Because I think it's maybe shown, well, it's not maybe, I think it has shown that there's a, almost an element of disconnect between what the board seem to think the fans are thinking and what we are actually thinking the protests against Ross County were kind of written off as 
of the original Ross County defeat. I hasten to add, <laughs> unbelievable. The OG this year. Ross County defeat. Um, the the League Cup defeat to Ross County that was kind of put off as a as a kind of knee jerk reaction to the the fans getting put out of cup competition for the first time in you know so long. And but it wasn't that wasn't the context of the protest. The protest was about the level of performance that we'd been seeing gradually decline over the course of the, the start of the season, and it was concerning. Many times when you're watching Celtic, you're sitting watching the game and you're going, this is murder. Mm-hmm. And and then it was a, a jet scored up at Dundee United, you know, Griffiths come out and Kamal come off the bench, scored at St. Johnson. That, that's getting you to jail. You know, that that the, the, the league could have been finished. Even Rangers beat in September, the league could have been finished then. But, we, you know, we, we, we managed to kind of scrape through performances against Ferenc Varos. Some of the tactical decisions that were getting made, the, the shape of the team, regular questions getting asked about that. Covid was used as an excuse then. We, we were affected in our national break. But all, all these things, the board have obviously been quite comfortable sitting with that as an excuse. You know, the whole COVID thing, the way that we're needing to train, the way that we're needing to travel to games, all those things are, well, that doesn't really suit us. The fans are there, that doesn't really suit Celtic. So, oh, that's a shame we can just write this season off. Well, no, I'm afraid not. You're still responsible for the performances in the park, the results, whilst that's the manager and the players that, that need to be responsible for that ultimately. But then it starts to go up the chain when the results aren't good enough and the performances aren't good enough and they haven't been for a considerable period of time. This isn't us acting like spoiled brats because we've not won the league. It's far from that. You know, if we were still in contention, if we're still eight points away, three Rangers at this, this point in time say, there wouldn't be people calling for, for Lennon's head. But we've watched the team regress markedly, month on month. And even that five-game winning run we went on, I think we played well for maybe... At the odd half here and there, St Mirren away was probably the best overall performance. There's no conviction, there's no control of the game, it's just so poor. And we as fans, a lot of whom have paid £500 not to set foot in Celtic Park, to see a manager after a defeat not give an interview to Celtic TV when the fans have paid for it and he's went and gave an interview at the BBC. I'm sorry, there's just so much about the club that's wrong just now. And ultimately, that's been confirmed today with absolutely nothing. Radio silence once again. I'll take you just back to a word you mentioned a few times uh, there, Miff. The word responsibility and taking responsibility, you know, for, for the various roles within the club, whether that's at the very top, you know, through Neil Lennon and his coaching staff and even down to the players. What we seem to have created as a club this season and potentially at some point last season is a bit of an excuse culture. If it's not COVID, it's something else. It's injuries, it's lack of this, lack of that and lack of the next thing. There's so many defeats this season, but if you look at some of the more recent ones, for example, St Merlin at Celtic Park, or even last night at Ross County, we're all out of excuses. We've had pretty much full full strength squads to go up to these teams. And if you look on paper at Celtic and what St Merlin and Ross County, with absolute respect, can offer, it shouldn't even be a contest of any sorts. So now Neil Lennon can't say, ah, we've just been unlucky, we're a few guys short. He had all the resources at his disposal, but we're still struggling. And he, if he allows that excuse culture to come in, it feeds into the players and it seems that the chairman and everyone else and the chief exec are also buying into that. See, you made you made a statement there, Miff, and you said the word regress. That that is a from top to bottom as a club at Celtic, right? And it's been happening since for the past eighteen months, right? And you can go I'm saying eighteen months, two years since Brendan Rogers left. And I think again people could say, Well, again, obviously Brendan Rogers left and Neil Lennon only gets over the line in the league, obviously won the league last year and they had a good run in Europe. But there was the, the again, there were signs there at the time. Something, it just wasn't quite right. We kicked into gear this like in January time last year after yep. the defeat against Rangers again. And we managed to obviously get in just obviously uh, win the league. Obviously COVID obviously kicked in at that point as well. But this season kicks off and the regression has been clear to see. It's, it's frightening actually. You look at 
I said, actually looking back today and said, and actually just looking at timelines, right? Kilmarnock, for example, start the season on that plastic park. You think to yourself, you can see points, silly penalty by uh, Christopher Julian. Again, you can see it there. And again, you think to yourself, why don't we go 3 5 2 again? And then it goes on and on to finish Faros, and he comes out and he, he, Neil Lennon has a go at the team. Then he retracts his statement a couple of days later yep. and it just festers and festers and festers, right? And in context, right, see this season, this is massive fucking for all Celtic fans, a massive season for us. See if things weren't working, right? And we were all saying at the start of the season, it's going to get better. It's going to get better. Yeah. I yet it's going up to Andy. again. We're getting, we're getting over the line. We're going to just, it's just going to just come together. It's going to get better. But something was fundamentally wrong and it's been fundamentally wrong for a long, long time. And there's been, as I said, because of the context of the season, for the board's inactivity, then, because you obviously, again, a chief exec must have his finger in the pulse in terms of what's happening in the training ground. And, for the kind of lack of activities, it's absolutely criminal. And for not to have a plan B is a consequence of that. It's absolutely frightening. It's just, it's just again, yeah. regression from top to bottom. We, we've spoken about that uh, in previous shows, Chris, about the, the downsizing across the board. And you could go through it and you could, you could start with the management team, of course. Uh, you know, looking at Neil Lennon, the two guys next to him, as well as the players. And right across the park, when you look at the Invincible season, which wasn't all that long ago, and you talk about the, you know, the Dembele's and the Armstrong's and even the Patrick Roberts and... Various different players, obviously Kieran Tierney and guys of that ilk, were nowhere near that at this moment. Sinclair, in time. Sinclair who we managed at the door as well. And, and listen, I know, I know Sinclair's form hadn't been great, but is he another guy? I mean, he's the type of guy you would be wanting to bring off the bench in, in recent games. <laughs> you know, you'd think he's, he's easily justified a place in that squad. But one thing, looking back, you don't want to look too, too far back, you don't want to rewrite history, but last season when we won the nine, Edward's form was a huge, huge part of that. Almost him himself would put a a massive part in, in getting us over the line in a lot of games. Um, and you need that, obviously. You need that title one team. You need, you need somebody to be, be a standout. This season, that the genius of Edward hasn't been readily available to us at certain points and, and no doubt we struggled because of that and anything we have done well this season, we've done when, when Edward's been in the team and, and firing. And, and sometimes that, you know, m- maybe that has papered over the cracks of last year that there has been inherent issues within the squad, how it's been managed and, and the way that the team's setting up. But we've got away with it because we've had a genuinely class player playing at the, his absolute peak. Whereas this season, he's, he's been badly affected, but I think he was unsettled and then he'd, he'd get COVID. So there's mitigating circumstances for it this year. Plus, I think he's playing within a, a team that's broken, <laughs> effectively. Yeah. It, the, 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 issue, the issue for me remains that, when we've discussed this and I've seen it discussed online, is that if Lennon isn't going to walk, it's on the board then to remove him. Absolutely. And they don't seem capable of doing that. See if we, you, you look at that team, right? And as I said, the, the, the board or the chief executive must have his finger on the pulse on what's happening within the dressing room. It's, again, it's common, again, it's common knowledge within the football world. That is, they know what's kind of going on in their circumstances for whatever reason or what's happening. Celtic know, but something is festering and something is def, def, definitively not right and mm-hmm. they're not doing anything about it, which is, as I said, there should have been kind of this season. It doesn't matter if what season it was, but this is the biggest season, arguably, of our lifetimes. Certainly in modern times, yep. no doubt. And Celtic... I've not got a plan B. But even if you take that away, as Tino said in the intro, Dyla, Mowbray, Rogers, whoever. even Rogers, I, d- I don't think many would, I think many Celtic managers would. And, and all the more reason to think that. How many games would they won? What was that? Six games in? Six and 12 in six 2021 and, alone. And, I mean, that, that's horrendous. No, no, nobody survives that form, which does beg the question, just to, to your point, Chris, what is going on that we don't know about? Do you know, is there something there? And is there something that, that will come out in the wash at the end of the season or whatever? And you'll go, Ah, right, that, that makes sense. Because right now, none of it makes sense. But but see, th- this is the thing. I mean, Lennon was even quoted last week as saying he's, we've got mystery excuses that we can't tell you, but, you know... That <laughs> helps absolutely no one. What the, what the hell's that? Listen, if there's stuff going on that we don't know about, 
come and tell us so that we can make our minds up on that. Because the longer they don't tell us, we fill in the blanks ourselves. And folk like That's ourselves just, on the podcast and others, because there's so much mystery, we're trying to plug that t- gap. Take away, take away the podcast. People will be out there waiting to see if they're going to renew their season tickets. And again, it's not that entitlement. I, I don't mean it like that. Like, oh, we're not winning, so we don't want to go and watch Celtic. This is about the Celtic that I'm watching, the level of performance that I'm seeing for the players, you know, just just so disjointed that it's unbelievable. The longer that goes on, the more baffling the supporter lining becomes and the more that supporters will generally just fill in the blanks, like you say, to say, right, well, what must be going on then? So why is that happening? You're second guessing everything. And I think that's why that's why the, the whole Steve Clark thing seems to be getting a bit of traction is because it's the only thing that really makes sense that they're waiting for a guy in the summer because why else would you be sitting watching that? I honestly think the fans would take anybody being appointed, and I mean MD, on a short-term basis, as long as it meant the removal on your win. I completely agree with that. And actually, for a long time when his name was first outed, I could not get excited about Steve Clark at all. And I would bite your hand off to get Steve Clark in just now. I'm, imagine having a defence that could defend. True. <laughs> That, I, would, that would be a novelty. I also have my concerns about Steve Clark as well. We've got to remember Steve Clark, Scotland manager, first European, sorry, first major tournament in 20 plus years. Steve Clark's not going to be in the position to come in, even if that is the case, going to be in the position to come into the Celtic team until yep. July time. Yep. It's critical for us in terms of a rebuild job needing to be done now. Mm-hmm. So there needs, the plans need to be put in place and see if it is Stevie, Stevie Clark. And again, there is, again, it's, there's contact behind the scenes. He's not going to be in a position until after that point to actually come into Celtic and actually make a mark. And by that time, you might could argue again it's actually too late because you're actually involved in European um, European qualifiers. The, the other thing that I was going to point out about Clark, not, not just taking a rain in everybody's parade, but Clark could actually come out with quite a, a, a considerable amount of criticism towards Scottish football and the sectarianism that sits within it. Yep. I'm not quite sure he would want to put himself in a position where he was he was then in charge of one half of the Glasgow teams, which is naturally going to make you a, a fairly hefty target. Although, you could argue taking the Scotland job kind of does that as well in the sense that if he's spoken out about it he immediately becomes a target by remaining within Scottish football which he shouldn't be by the way I'm not, I'm not advocating that that's just you just need to deal with that as part of life but you kind of do I suppose yep. um, so I don't necessarily think it should be taken as given that he, w- he would accept the job yep. if offered no, it true. but again it's just one one other name that's getting thrown in, thrown about just now because we don't have any other answers and nobody's communicating and nobody's even come out you know, this morning to say results haven't been good enough but you know what there's eight games left it doesn't make sense to change. It's going to be near Lennon till May and then we'll announce news further when we have it. Something like, just a holding statement to keep us at But on that, on that point though, they've made so many generic holding statements leading us down the garden path with the January review that wasn't really a review. They just thought they would chuck that out there because I think, again, they genuinely thought, oh, we're going to win and running. We'll, we'll be close enough where nobody will really bother about it. Yet the fans were saying, right, okay, what's happening? The only news that's going to appease Celtic fans is news that Neil Lennon's left his that, that's, that's the first piece of news, but that's what I'm saying. Even if it's a statement tomorrow to say Neil Lennon will be moving on in the summer, we thank him for all his efforts, all that nonsense. And then you can at least breathe a sigh of relief aye, that aye. it's going to be a change of scene next aye, year. It, it would need to be in relation to that. Yeah, yeah. so it leads us kind of uh, nicely, nicely, that's not the right word at this moment in time, but it leads us on to a point about the ongoing situation just now and the long-term damage it's doing to the club both on and off the park. So we've spoken briefly there about the fact that some people, who, who we all know, you know, friends of all of ours, who have been season ticket holders for you know fifteen and twenty plus years, absolute diehard Celtic fans, sensible guys and gals and whatever else, who won't be renewing next year if the status quo remains. That's criminal. There's guys I know who you would never have heard that in any time, even you know during the leaner times when you know we weren't trophy laden as we are at the moment. And that in itself is really really worrying, and it's worrying for us as fans. But how worrying should that be for the club? 
and the powers that be that are, that are making those decisions? I think extremely concerning first and foremost I think it's extremely concerning um, and I think and again seeing the message I'm getting this morning again with my fellow Celtic supporters is that we need to get ahead of this and I'm talking about the board we are one here again we, again, we all wanted best for Celtic here the board need to get ahead of this and say as you say communication here what is the situation this is what's happening basically but they're not there's apathy towards the Celtic support now that's a strong word to use again towards the Celtic support but I think there is a there is a genuine like that at the moment and as I said, it's just, as I said, the longer it goes on, the longer it festers, the longer the, the damage is going to become. And that's when I'm, when I'm talking about my concerns with regards to Steve Clark. I see if that's the case, let's let's get behind it and let's go with it, right? But we need to understand what the situation is before, again, talking about season books again, the lack of concern, lack of investment in the club, but it all has a domino effect. And yeah. as I said, that's the reason why they really need to get ahead of this as much as possible. And there's stuff that's coming out at the moment to talk about contractual situation now with Neil Lennon. Which I find very surprising that itself. Nah, I don't, I'm, I'm, and, 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 and that's what I'm saying. I just find that quite surprising as well because I don't get that either. Because I and I really, I really don't. But again, all filters back to the all filters back. Sorry to the board. The board need to yeah. give a message. Uh, absolutely. And you know, if it's a money thing with Neil Lennon, get Neil Lennon's agent in the room and just thrash it out. Find out the number. I seen a few of the boys last night want to start a GoFundMe. I think you'd get a few uh, contributions for the rappers. See, the thing is, my friend Tino as well. See, talking about actually Neil Lennon as well. There's people who can criticise Neil Lennon at the moment, Celtic fans, about being a Celtic man. You're, you're seeing this quite a lot. Neil Lennon being a Celtic man and should have walked away months ago. Neil Lennon's also a human being as well. Again, he's apparently on £1.5 million. Pounds, but you're talking about the contractual situation. There's a compromise there. The board could come to Neil Lennon and say, listen, it's not working. Neil, isn't it working? What's the figure? That's it's how these things exactly work. Exactly that. It's the modern game, and I know a lot of people are saying, surely he should walk, surely he should, should walk. If he's a Celtic man, he'd walk. Neil Lennon has absolutely died in the will Celtic man, and I won't ever entertain anyone that says otherwise, despite the situation. Modern managers at big clubs do not walk yep. because it's criminal, you know, in terms of... It, it, it's on the board to have offered him this contract, whether it's 1.5 or 500 grand or whatever he gets annually. Peter Lowell and someone else has saw fit to offer him that contract. And it's also their job to negotiate out of that contract if they feel, which they certainly should do, that he's not the man to take us forward. That's a business thing that should be taken completely out of Neil Lennon's hands. It's not Neil Lennon's job just now to make it easier for them. And I think, I wonder if they're just having a, you know, a bit of a Mexican standoff between him and Peter Lawwell and it's who, who blinks first. If, if that's the case though, that just makes the club look even more amateur, that it's a kind of standoff between two egos in a situation where it's been so thoroughly at the detriment of the team. The performances have got so bad that you wouldn't even call that a shock result last night. I think Sky were trying to kind of get the big in, but I, don't, I think most Celtic fans watching it would have said, you know what, faffed about with the ball, we've missed chances, we've conceded a goal for a set piece, that is anything but shocking this season. So that's that's what it's became. I, I Again, I think it goes back to the point in how the fan protests were interpreted by the board. Oh, that's not the way you go about things. Or if you can't support us at our worst, don't support us at our best and all that birthday care nonsense. This comes down to the fact that there has been a genuine groundswell for change. The fans' voice has been activated but not listened to. That's what's then creating that disconnect. That's what then creates that apathy from the supporters to the club but because they're feeling that for the board to them. Social media may have been seen as a minor inconvenience by you know, the powers that be in most football clubs, maybe even say 10 years ago, it most certainly isn't now. It's the voice for the majority of teams' supports. Now, don't get me wrong, if you went, if you went with everything that you've seen on some social media sites, I mean... I've seen your profile, man. It'd be, it'd be gone, <laughs> it'd be, you know, you'd be, you'd be gone mental. But, and, and a lot of people that I'm connected with, who, who, whose opinions I respect, 
um, and even even journalists and and you know pundits, respected pundits, are saying time's up. And yet the only people who do not believe that, unbelievably, are Neil Lennon and the Celtic board. But my question is, do they not believe that, or is there a, a reason as a, as we've discussed? I can, you can only make that conclusion. They've yeah. just they've backed them and backed them and backed them. N- nobody who knows football, Neil Lennon included, and Peter Lowell at least knows football to an extent. Nobody can look at this situation and think the status quo is is good to go. But again, you know, just talking about this long term damage. So there's, there's there's damage being caused right now between the club and the fans. And for some fans, maybe of an, an older generation, even older than you, Muff, uh, we'll say that's enough. And, and the party's over. Sorry, there, was that Tino? Sorry. <laughs> so, I was having a drink of my coffee there. <laughs> so they'll, uh, they'll maybe just decide that's enough for them and they'll, and they'll stick to watching games in the telly, but they'll give up their books. And that's tragic if that were the case. You've also got to look at some of the damage that's been caused just now to the players. Even looking at it in a business context, you know, the, the, I don't know, 24, 25 odd first team players in Celtic squad just now, they are assets if you're looking at it from a financial point of view but they're diminishing assets and you've got guys who are clearly talented you know whether it be Ayers and Edwards and even Ryan Christie who's taking a, a, a torrid time at the moment these guys are worth X million but that value is plummeting as each and every game passes by so even from a, a business point of view Celtic have, got, Celtic have got an asset sheet which is crashing at the moment due to what's going on in the dugout and on the training field so even from that point of view they need to stop that rot somewhere, but they, they just seem very, very reluctant to to make any moves of that nature. And I th- well, on that, my concern with regards, again, we talk about recreation again, actual individual players, you're absolutely right, you know, it does, it's, it's really, it's having a detrimental effect. And again, in every way, performance-wise, obviously value of players as well. As I said, this all comes back down to, again, that's the management, this comes down to management, and again, management starts from the top and goes right down to the very bottom in terms of actually play, the playing personnel itself. And... It's they, 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 I keep saying it, regression's frightening, it's absolutely frightening, you've odds and Edward, odds and Edward, again, this time last year you're talking about again, multi-million pound moves to all teams all Europe, Christopher Ayer, AC Milan, talking about with that, and you're now it's you're looking at going, it's a head-scratcher, well, a lot of players, Ryan Christie, Premiership player, no anymore, again, I look at Ryan, for Ryan Christie for example, and I don't mean to be critical of Ryan Christie, because as he is, he's getting obviously getting it very... And obviously getting it tight at the moment in regards to obviously his performances but Ryan Christie is a good player and again I know probably take a bit of criticism of that but Ryan, you look at Ryan Christie beginning of last season Ryan Christie is a good player and they're not being managed they're not being coached let's just say properly and it's having a detrimental effect from top to bottom yeah. I, I mean just in the, the whole point of Christie I'd, I'd say last year Christie's absolutely fundamental all the good things that Celtic do and it was very unfortunate the chances that he missed that he should have scored he'll know that we know that but we as a we as a, a team, the way that we play, any any good things that we do will generally come through him and Edward. I know Turn- Turnbull's done it more laterally if he's been introduced into the team, but even going back to the start of the season, Christy Christie was kinda the one creative force that he was he was involved in assists, goals. I get why Christie's taking it tight just because of the, you know, the speculative efforts that he keeps out. He seems to be quite wasteful um, at times in possession, but but I, I think it's unfair that he's been singled out so much because I totally agree. because I, again I'll go back to the point I made weeks ago you you might you might be good at your job and you might be a self-motivated individual but if you don't have belief in the people that are managing you it's very very hard to give your best see just on that as well my friend I've just actually looking at the stats throughout the season, season right just earlier on today at lunchtime in Celtic's setup, right, it was going actually through the formation from game to game that's again the thing I was looking at Celtic have started 4-2-3-1 Three five two are now in a diamond, right? Yep. And you're talking about again in terms of players. If we, I think we could probably agree upon yourself that probably David Turnbull 
has probably been the player of the season thus far, you'd probably say. Him with IR closely behind. Yeah, probably. Um, and I feel that David Turnbull's only one that looks comfortable in that Celtic team in terms of where he's actually playing positionally. Ryan Christie suffers because he's yeah, not, not, not playing in the right position. And the same can be said for a lot of players. Last night I'm looking at Tom Rodgers and I'm looking at Cal McGregor last night. I don't know what kind of where they were supposed to be, be playing. And Celtic, so, uh, Celtic suffer as well, again, in terms of creativity and width. Again, we, I said this to you the other week, you know, we just we struggle to actually create anything. Everything goes through the yeah. middle. And that's, that's sorry, it's, you know, it just goes right, actually, that starts at the beginning of the season because there is no structure, there is no thinking process behind the scenes as if to say, right, what, what are we playing here? Are we, are we playing 3 5 2? Are we playing? But yeah. it's just it's switching but, the one. And that should all be agreed and set upon in your pre season. You know, you work for. X weeks of the players, maybe five, six weeks, maybe a bit shorter now with European qualifiers, but you've got a lot of time to say, you know, this is what I as a coach believe in, Neil Lennon, and this is what we're going to play this year. Three, five, two, four, four, two, four, six, zero, you name it, whatever he wants. And the players then need to buy into that and then they need to work and work and work and repeat it until they nail it and they're all very comfy. And as you rightfully say, you can't say, I mean, we stumbled into the diamond against Lille that night when Turnbull and Sorrow got the nod eh, and Hazard and goals, if I remember. And a false dime with a six upside then. Uh, <laughs> so we've stuck with that for the for the most part since then. But yet you're you're fudging players in that formation. We talked about it last night, myself and Miff in the post match. You've got five centre midfielders playing for Celtic right now. Three three of them are tens, which is Christie, Turnbull and Rogic. But they're all over the place. McGregor on the left, Rogic on the right, whatever like, else. Like Chris says, you're effectively get Rogic playing right mid and McGregor playing left mid, although a narrow. Right and left mid offering no real a lot other than getting the ball and having three opposition players swarming around about them because they're in an area of the pitch where they're not going to do any damage. You know, it's just they're playing almost with their back to goal in the halfway line. It's just yeah. nowhere those players it, want to be. And then you get folk like me and other folks saying, geez, Cal McGregor's murder just now, isn't he? No wonder he's murder. He's played a mile out of his natural position and but, where he's played for years. Well, I, I, I wish and I totally agree that I think the, the structure in which they've been asked to play leaves a lot to be desired. However, I would say the application of the players though as I said last night I called them a disgrace which on hindsight was maybe a wee bit of emotion yeah, involved yeah, in that lads you feel a remorse maybe a wee bit of, no I'm not full of remorse <laughs> no 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 no. far for that I do think they, they need to carry the can for being responsible for the product that we're watching on the, the part you know whilst there, there's no discernible pattern of play structure as you mentioned Chris you know what's, what's the plan here is it try and get the ball to Eddie and hope something happens try and get the ball to Turnbull hope something happens that kind of seems to be it well, that, that is a key question at this moment in time. You know, Neil Lennon has got it in the neck and then some this year and, and will continue to do so until he moves on from Celtic. But how much responsibility do the players need to be taking at this moment in time, despite the fact that we can clearly see the, the coaching team and the management team isn't working or, or, you know, the system and the setup isn't working right. And the fact that, you know, it's understandable to an extent that players will be lacking confidence and belief in themselves. But I still think we're, we're, we're entitled to ask for a wee bit more than the players are, are currently giving us. See on that. And you look back, it was getting kind of brought up earlier on about Fenish Faros. You come back at Fenish Faros, and Neil Lennon has come out and publicly criticised the players at that point. There's some that want to be here, and they need to deal with that. Three days later, he retracts that statement in terms of saying, no, but it's a happy camp. Neil Lennon tested the players at that point and upset a lot of players. Like was, but you can tell, and again, a lot of players, I feel as if have checked out since then. We've had Olivier and Cham, who's che- I think so, checked Oscar. out for a long time. Yep. He's obviously away. And they said, could be, the same could be said for Odds and Edward. And there's a few others in there. I could probably argue. And Fr- Frimpong obviously wanted a bit. Yeah, time. absolutely. Yep. So again, that's that begins to fester in the squad because you're going to train every single day. I think again, they've got to carry the can. I totally, I totally agree with that. But again, it just it starts to keep keep saying festering. It just absolutely festered since that point. And again, if the players don't buy into the, the managers, 
ideas or again just the messages try to get across then you're just going to just come to just a, again an absolute dead end yeah and um, Matthew gave the point about you know getting into your place of work whether it's whether you work at Lennox Town or an office in the town or whatever if it's not a nice place to be if there's a tension and a toxic environment and anything else of that nature you're going to get the the resulting performances from that guys cannot be firing on all cylinders and I actually think out with as you mentioned Chris Turnbull has been on pretty decent form since he came in Ayer has kind of stood up to be counted when it counted but that aside there's nobody else you could say has hit any sort of form this year nobody across the board and again it goes back to the point that the manager stood and watched Turnbull in training for four months before he put him in the team which I think is just the most damning indictment of his, his management mm-hmm. is that he clearly just didn't have a clue how to manage his squad I mean has Neil Lennon, Neil Lennon got away with it to an extent throughout his managerial career because of some of the individuals you mentioned Edward right Edward is a, is a class player and, and we'll see that in years to come and, and, and he'll go into bigger and better I know things. what you've got to say Gary Hooper <laughs> Let it go man uh, Talented player as he was I'm going to say about You've got Edward at the top end Doing his thing He had Fraser Foster last year uh, and, and and he's a phenomenal goalkeeper And he's probably the best goalkeeper Scotland has seen in many many years And time after time He came out with the big saves Whether it was in the European games Or the Rangers games Or, or whatever it may be He offered you something really different And if you have a guy like Edward or a Dembele Or whatever at the top end of your park And Foster at the back you will win more games than you lose. It's just basic facts. And even if you are inept tactically, you'll get away with that to an extent. And I wonder if Neil Lennon, particularly when he took over from Brendan Rodgers at first, has struck it lucky because all he had to do was edges over the line with some very talented players. But now it's it's come a cropper because of his uh, deficiencies. Neil Lennon came out and said after Brendan Rodgers left continuity, he just had to keep the wheels keep the wheels moving, to keep the wheels in motion, and then that's what happened. He, got, he basically got us over the line. He then tried to get in and then obviously make his stamp on it at that point. And I just feel as if it's just it's, it's square pegs and round holes. I think it's been like that for a wee while. And I think you're absolutely right. Again, having Fraser Foster in there was again a great move for Newland in that point again the following season, having him in there because again, you've seen it yourself, basically single handedly won the uh, League Cup final for us. Again, it, again it obviously accumulated points as well in terms of penalty saves and just being Fraser Foster. But that has been that been obviously been a detriment. But at the same time, again, you can see that some of the signings we've actually made this season as well has been to a detriment as well, and I include the goalkeeping situation as well. But some of the rest of them as well. And again, he, Neil Lennon, his coaching staff, and his scouting team have got to carry the can for that as well. So I agree with that. But you also really don't know at Celtic who's making the final call on players, and we've touched on that before. And if Neil Lennon's saying, "I want Shane Duffy, I want Albin Ayeti, I want this uh, goalkeeper from Greece, and all this kind of stuff," if he's Pick them out as his men, then absolutely he should take responsibility for that. I don't believe that's the case at Celtic. We've seen it, we've talked about it before. Marion Shved getting thrust upon uh, Brendan Rodgers tells you all you need to know about how the signing has been in years gone by. See, when you just add all that together, it's pretty depressing, isn't it? Really? That's where we find ourselves. Ajeti, how much is that in Barkas? Well, Kamala. I mean, geez, oh, man. If you don't laugh, you'll cry, I'll tell you. <laughs> You're like, oh, lads. Oh. You need you, you really need Lennon out of there and, and a change of structure above the, the team. Like what we've said before, but that, this is this is a problem because we don't have any new information to go on other than still continually getting served up the same nonsense. I think we can. I think it's safe to call it nonsense. Um, we can week out with nothing appearing like it's going to change. Um, no real improvement in performances, even when we're winning games. You know, it's the same. It's kind of same level of performance. The way that we played against County was kind of the same as the games that came before. You've won some games, you've lost some games. It's hey ho, this you, is the way it is now. You just find, accept it and move on. You find Celtic playing in such a way just now where it is. It's a bit of a toss of the coin. You could you could put out that performance last night against Ross County 
against a Motherwell or, or a somebody else and possibly get the three points. But we're just in such a way that we've spoken previously about the lack of identity for this team. You know, Brendan Rodgers' team played in a certain way. Everyone knew their roles and responsibilities and, and it ties into the square pegs and round holes of what we're seeing in this current squad. And people either have been played out of position or just aren't comfy, you know, in the, in the setup across the park. And when that's the case, you're going to get, you know, defeats like last night. And Celtic, as I say, will always, generally speaking, in the Scottish leagues, win more than they lose. But we're picking up far too many losses and draws because it's a bit of a 50 50 uh, in this moment in time. See what you're saying there, Tino, as well. What you're doing, you see, it's a team of individuals. It's definitely 100% a team of individuals. And I think it was around about the Christmas time as well. And just we're talking about kind of tactics and team. That Kevin Wilson came out and was asked the question as part of another podcast about what about tactics and learning tactics. And it was pretty poor in terms of the response as well. So the tactics are normally discussed on a Friday night before the game on a Saturday type stuff. That's quite clear. Again, like in terms of tactic, tactically, Joe, Joe Ledley done much the same on soccer. I am. And so again, it's just that's quite worrying, as I said, because modern day football is much more than that. It is much, much more than that. Even just to, to look at a very Current example, um, the goal we conceded last night to Ross County, umpteenth time we've lost from a set piece, and then the Lennon comes out and says something along the lines of, we're just not learning, you know, they're, they're not picking up, they're not brave enough, whatever it may be. That is absolutely his sole responsibility, or, or him and his coach's responsibility. I'm just going to sh- tell you something very basic here. Scott Brown is five foot eight. Diego Laxalt is five foot eight. Jordan White, last night's goal scorer, is six foot three. Do you need me to go on about my point here? Zono marking two of these guys, two of the shortest guys in the park up against this man mountain. No wonder he's scoring at that set piece. It's, it's baffling how we don't just say, Aya, you pick him up, I'll pick up somebody a bit more my height and we'll see how we go. It's just basic stuff. And this is the kind of stuff where, seriously, amateur football across the globe, they'd be saying, go like for like, big guy for big guy, and we'll take care of it. And it's just it's so so puzzling. So, so on that again, you're talking about Neil Lennon, just see in terms of your quote, right? I specifically got the quote, I can get the quote here. Not learning for set plays, weakness in the weakness all season, and also he said he can't change it now. Mm-hmm. So if you're that manager making that making that admission that again it's been it's again obviously that's again that's where the problem is. It's been a weakness for a long time and you can't change it. You're openly putting your hands up to say, "Sorry, gents, I'm not the right man for the job. I'm not capable here of, yes. of solving this problem." I mean, it's it's amateur across the board. I mean, speaking of amateurs, Miff has just let his phone go off mid podcast. It's That's just there's rank amateurism that, all around us here. Ten, ten, ten podcasts in. It's been a good run. Reactions. Been a good run. I think I've done well. Cheers, lads. All the best. I was, right? I was good luck in the future. I was going to, I was going to panic. <laughs> I had to check my phone. Though. Oh man, it's been a bad. It's been a bad couple of days, lads. It's been a bad couple. But yeah, you know, if Neil Lennon's coming out with those kind of quotes, he's almost. He's also said after I think the second Sparta Prague game, I've lost track of where it was, but basically saying. You know, I don't know if I'll be here. It's not up to me. There's other people who make those decisions. And then the most recent one last night, Chris, about I can't change this. I don't have the, the ability. Well, much like me leaving my phone off silent, it's complacency. That's what it is. That's what it comes down it, to. It, it is, though. The complacency, almost the arrogance of saying the opposition have a, a tall striker, but we don't need to worry about that. We're Celtic. We can just put the two small guys on them because, you know, Ross County won't have enough quality to pick him out. Oh, lo and behold, they do. You need to approach every game Give no position respect, but if you're if you're going to play the game by saying right we are a better team, then you know structure a team in such a way where they're going to control the game and, and let them express themselves so that they can show they are a better team. To my mind, trying to shoehorn four number tens across a midfield is not the way to do that, and that has been shown. We just seem unable to find the right mix, the right balance, and the fact that we're now in February, February of the season, 
the players that have been brought in, Duffy, Barkas, Ajeti, Kamala, don't feature. They don't feature. There's just something fundamentally wrong the, within the club. Those Loads of things are going wrong and it has to start, the rebuild has to start with Lennon being removed. Yeah, and those four guys you mentioned there, they're all fit and ready to go. You know, these aren't injured or whatever or coming back from COVID. Those four guys are available for selection, but for a variety of reasons, mostly form and just... We, you see the, the header here that Kamala's grew for the last start that he had. I mean, he's, he's actually he's got a full bar, isn't he? Pretty impressive. I'm jealous myself. <laughs> It's a shame this isn't a video post. The fans would, the fans would know what they're saying. Oh no, we don't want that. We don't oh, want definitely that. Definitely not. We don't want that. Definitely My not. My crabbit face, man. If you think I sound crabbit, you want to see this coop in the room. <laughs> so we know exactly where we are in terms of the season and what's happening. We know how bad it's been. And I suppose it's maybe prevalent to look at what next in the short term. I mean, the remainder of this season and then obviously further beyond. So we've got eight games to go, uh, three games before the split. So that's Aberdeen on Saturday coming, the 27th of February. We've then got Dundee United on the 7th of March. And Rangers on the 21st of March and the scene has been set obviously that Rangers could potentially win the league at Celtic Park which would just really put the, the icing on the cake for the season that, that, that we've, we've had so far. What do you see happening in those eight games, Miff? Any Can you offer any insight as to as to what that might look like? Eh, if, if the past four or five months is in to go by then <laughs> I think we're in for a fairly a fairly poor time I don't see any reason why this squad of players that have underachieved and this backroom team and management team that have underachieved so markedly this season are going to suddenly improve for the last eight games I you know, think we just need to out and try and secure second place that's that's really it and, yeah. and hopefully ma- maybe manage to beat Rangers that's all there is to play for and I think Hibs are closer to us than we are to Rangers so securing yep. second place is far from a foregone conclusion I think we're 12 points ahead of Hibs but they've got an extra game to play so could be a nine in theory, which is pretty worrying. Absolutely. Again, the way that I see this, the way the way season going is the way that's just happened in the past few games. I think we'll go through a few games because we've got individual class there in terms of we have got ability and again within the players themselves, but again, ability only gets you so far. Like, so I think you're going to go through games and win games. And we've not been convincing, by the way. We have not been convincing, even though again, as I said, we've just scored a few goals in the past few weeks. It's not been convincing in but any any stretch of the imagination, and that's Probably the way that I see the season going, the way we're going to fall out because we will, we have got again class again, class and individuals, but don't play as a team. Yeah, um, we've got it in fits and starts, and we've seen that, as you see, in the last few weeks. We've had 20 minutes here, 15 minutes there, maybe a half hour here. Can't remember the last time I seen 90 minutes of Celtic and thought that'll do it, that's decent, that's what we're after, and that's just not what you get from this this Celtic team and this Neil Lennon Celtic team. I think of the eight games remaining, he'll probably win three or four and rumble through the other three or four, drawing and losing. I totally agree, but I just want to just come back again to something that Miff was just saying in terms of respect, and I'm going to just want to just bring it back to the point we're making. John Hughes came out last night and actually told us how he was actually going to set up, and like every team, again, dogged team, especially down at the end of the league, they're going to be hard to beat. So what he's saying, he came out, and again, he's basically said, we're going to try full Celtic wide, and then as he said, and make, again, make sure that nothing's coming through the middle. Celtic played everything through the middle, and Celtic's, again, again Celtic have been lucky in the past, I'd say, 10 years in terms of your fullbacks as well, so if you're going to be playing that, more than the football expectation is your fullbacks have got to go up and contribute our fullbacks again we've been Emilio Azaguirre Kieran Tierney left hand side we've had Adam Matthews and Michael, Michael Lustig has been good players on the right hand side as well for us over the past 10 years see you look at our fullbacks and again in terms of creativity and again just going back at last night and again I'm not maybe too critical of John Joe Kenny because I've only been in a few weeks contributes again the contribution was very very poor and everything went in Ross County's favour in terms of saying John Hughes is saying I'm going to be hard to beat and Celtic tried to play yeah. right through the middle we've played right in at their hands and I made that point because 
you're naturally going to be narrow for two reasons. It's your shape first and foremost. The diamond is a narrow formation. Yep. And you've got guys who by default are central players. So whether it's Rodgic or McGregor, they naturally gravitate to the centre of the park. So therefore, by default, Black's out on the left and John Joe Kane on your right are your only outlet. And Ross County and any club should be delighted if that's your, your two crossers. There was several occasions where it came to Lacks out. He lacks the confidence, first of all, to trust himself to put a good ball in. So he takes the extra touch. And at least on two occasions, he's floated over the bar with his cross. And then he looks down and blames the turf and all that kind of stuff. And it's just not good enough. And I, I'm not sure if Kenny get any balls in the box, actually. So, you know, we're, we're relying on two guys who just don't have it in them to, to give us good natural width. But um, as a manager, you've got to look at that and say, right, in terms of you know that that's going to be the case. That's how they're going to play. Right, so how do we counteract that? And there is, there is no, cre- there's no idea. Again, there's no creative thought to that. Neil Lennon, you could hear him on the, on the touchline last night, try to be again, try to encourage him to play again quicker in the ball, try to be a wee bit more kind of proactive. And it's that's, that's not turning in, you get the ball moving quicker type stuff. But Aye. The, the shape was, again, just within the, just in the suit. And again, again, it feels like you're, it's the kind of shouts you get down the park. Absolutely. You know, I need more absolutely. urgency, do this, do that. And it's kind of cajoling guys, but not actually giving them tactical instructions. And even if you if you look across the league at guys like John Hughes or a Jim Goodwin at St Martin, any one of these guys just now would seem just a million miles of an improvement on what we're currently getting. These guys have, and these guys are geniuses. I think, you know, Yogi and and, and you know, the other guys, they've got something to offer it. But even just as a stopgap, they would come in and be a, an instant improvement on, on what we've got. And actually, I find it quite, I've never said the word baffling so much in all my life as, as I have in the last 10 weeks or so, but I find it baffling that Neil Lennon isn't up to speed with that side of the game. It's just like football has forgotten about Neil Lennon and folk of his ilk, and he's just, dug his heels in and decided to stay in a in a bygone era where it's all about blood and thunder and leaving the boot in and being aggressive and you know roll up the sleeves kind of football but there's a real tactical side of the game that he seems to have ignored for so long and got away with it at times but that now has yep. has gone uh, I think that's in a nutshell you know I think that's in a nutshell when it comes to Lennon he beat Barcelona once you know so I hear yeah can't he, I remember that one <laughs> but even I was sitting next that's to right. Chris at the time but even on that uh, no he has shown some tactical savvy on that occasion. What was it? Nine years ago, November 2012. Which make you, makes you think he must have had some sort of awareness of that side of the game. Albeit it was a, a defensive approach on that occasion. But you think the fact that he's, he's you know, making that, um, taking that approach at the time, you'd say he must be, you know, tuned in, you know, clued up on tactics. And that's perhaps the last time he went out and done something tactically, you know, at face value. He just seems to hope for the best now and, I think we spoke as well, Muff, about the fact that he seems to just go out and say, forget the opposition, we are Celtic, we are better than them and it will take care of itself. And that will work out on some occasions in Scottish football, but when it comes to the crunch and when it comes to Europe and now, you know, when it comes to Rangers games, it's just not enough, is it? No, absolutely not. As I said, that's the, that's the big concern um, for me at the moment. As I said, I just feel as if it's just a team, it's just a team of individuals. Um, and as I said, it's just unfortunate. Again, it's just there's there is no end to this. Again, there is no end to this. Again, there is no thought process. Again, from top to bottom, and it's there should be that. That's the thing. There should be there should be action for Absolutely. the board. They, they can they can bring an end to this if if they choose. And, and that's the question that the fans are asking just now: is why why are we continually being subjected to this waiting on the basis? <clears throat> excuse me, of the performances on the park and the results achieved this year. There's been individually about eight or nine different events which are worthy of the manager being removed from his position. He hasn't been. So why? Why so insistent on Lennon? It goes back to that question you begged at the very start of the podcast. You know, Why is Neil Lennon being subject to different treatment than what any other manager 
would be subject to in this situation. Yeah. And I think at this moment in time, without the the facts or the communication from the club, we just don't know. Nobody knows. I think there is a reason, but that will come out in the wash at some point, hopefully in the very near future. Just a, a final point to put to you both, just a very kind of quick yes, no kind of answer. Will Neil Lennon see out the season, Chris? Yes. Maff? No. <laughs> we'll leave it at that and we'll discuss more. In more I just detail. need you to believe that. <laughs> just to help you get asleep at night. So at time of recording, at least, the saga continues in this shambolic season for Celtic. Just when you think it can't get any worse, they go and deliver new levels of nonsense, barely recognisable from the all-conquering Celtic of not so long ago. What the next eight games will bring is anyone's guess, but we'll be here either way to try and make some sense of it all. But thanks as always to Miff, thanks to Chris for his debut on tonight's episode of the Celtic Exchange, and finally, thanks to you for listening. Remember, you can now listen to us on Apple, Spotify and Google Podcasts, or by searching for the Celtic Exchange wherever you listen. We'll see you again next time.